Welcome to Mysterious Goings On. We're going to get right to the show after these messages. You know, today we have a man who refuses to put down his pen. He has written more than 30 books in as many months. Let me say that one more time. He has written more than 30 books in as many months. He's the author of the hard-hitting Prison Day series, and he's here to talk to us about where he finds the inspiration behind so many books, as well as his latest ongoing series about the mysterious yet deadly Samantha Raider. Welcome, 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 Simon King, to The Mysterious Goings On. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. It is my pleasure. Okay, okay. When I first started delving into you a little bit, it, it, there's all this prison stuff, right? All these books on prison and thing. And, and, and it said derived from basically your experiences in prison. And I went, hey, this guy was in prison. Well, because I've already, my book editor was actually in prison and we interviewed him a couple of years ago. So I thought, wow, I'm going to have another con in here. But you, you weren't in prison, right? No, no, I was on the other side of the uh, other side of the bars, you could say. I was the one watching them. Oh, so were you good. were you a guard? Correct, correct. I um, like so many in there. I just saw an advertisement and thought, why not? What the hell? Let's have a go. Let's see. Not many people get to see this side of the world, so, and boy, was it different. How long did you do it? Uh, five years. Five years, wow. Five years. I, by that time, sorry, by that time I considered that I'd done more than some people do military service. And uh, I, I think I saw enough. Yeah, I imagine you did. I uh, uh, Back when I was a newspaper editor and reporter, I went into a United States uh, federal correctional facility and it was divided up. It was, uh, they had what they called a camp outside. It was mostly tents. And if the guys wanted to run, they were white collar criminals. If they wanted to run off, they could run off, they get caught, but they were on their best behavior. They were trustees. Then you go in the inside and they just was concentric, I think. And then, but the deeper you got, and then finally you got in all the way and it was like the hard cases. And I was in there to interview um, the people who worked there. And I was in there to interview some inmates and I was young and impressionable, of course. So the warden, first thing he says to me is, everybody's innocent in here, by the way, you're going to find that out. And they're going to want you to be writing about how innocent they are and how you can get them out. <laughs> and he, would, yeah, he did not yeah, lie. Yeah. <laughs> like three, three out of the five of them said, and if you want to say how life is in the prison, blah, blah, blah. And then he'd say, you know, if you want to check into my case, I'll just tell you a little bit about it. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. I can imagine. I can imagine. <laughs> no. Okay. I, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Let me just establish this, by the way, folks. You could probably tell Simon's not from around here. If you're a United States listener, we're talking to him. He's are, you're in Melbourne, correct? Correct. Yeah, oh, Melbourne, Australia. And uh, as we talk, it is Wednesday, February 10th, 2021, and uh, of course, it's a brutal winter here. But uh, Southern Hemisphere, you're in the midst of quite a heat wave, are you not? Correct. Correct. Mid 90s today in your language. Oh, so yeah, yeah. That's beautiful. That's a beautiful time of year, especially in Melbourne. Yeah. By, by the way, folks, as you may know, we record these and I can see Simon as we record. I do this with most of my guests and he's got a very pleased look on his face. <laughs> he's very happy <laughs> not to be here in the cold. We have, we have some brutal winters here. Not as brutal as you guys. There's no snow here. 
um, snow falls maybe an hour's drive away, um, but it gets cold. the The wind chill is 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 a killer down here. Oh, I bet. Yeah. So once once well, the warm it, weather hits, we really absorb it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I've I've always wanted to go to Bondi. I've always wanted to go. I know I don't know. You know, I want to go to the beaches there. I want to see everything. I was telling Simon offline listeners that I it's on my list. It's one of the top places I want to go. We might ask him if he has any places he wants to go later in the interview. But let me get back to that. Uh, it's fascinating about about you doing your doing your time doing time five years serving as a prison prison officer. Um, what was it about that experience, if you could elaborate, that led you to pick up your pen? It was it was going going to social gatherings. It was going to parties, going to barbecues, catching up with people. And as soon as someone caught wind that that I was a guard in prison, it was it was it, it had this honey effect. I just ended up with flies all around me, and everybody wanted stories. Everybody listened. Everybody just stopped what they're doing, came over and. Before I knew it, every every barbecue I attended, I was the center of attention, and it's it's you know it got to a stage where I stopped telling people what I did, um, because it just became too crazy, and and I thought you know what if people are so interested in this, let's give it a try, and and I did. I I, I released my first book back in 2018, uh, 2018, 2018, July 2018. And um, and it was just snapped up. People just loved it. So I went, okay, let's see how we go. And and I'm about to release book nine later later next month. And and here we are. It's been an amazing ride. So did you? The books are they about? Is there a protagonist who is an inmate in these books? Or can you give us an idea how it all looks? Uh, what's the what's the uh, set the scene for us, if you would, for how these books are aligned? I wanted, what I wanted, what I wanted is I wanted to give people an experience inside the prison. It, it was maximum security. Um, it's one of the biggest jails down here. I don't name it. I don't even tell people what country it's in. And there's a reason behind my thinking. I want people to experience it as if they believe it's next door. And and do you know what? I've I've received one star reviews because I don't tell people where it is and they just assume that it's in their country. And then they say, no, 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 this guy's full of crap. The terms aren't even right. He's not describing it right. And yet for me, it's, it's even keeping my own thoughts and feelings out of the book. So it's, it's as raw as you can get. It's, if, if there's a stabbing, I tell you about the stabbing. If there's a rape, I tell you about the rape. And it's my diary. It is just, it's written in diary form. And so, you know, some of the glowing reviews that I've got is, is I remember one writer saying that she felt like she was on my shoulder throughout my day, watching everything that I saw. And, and she nailed it. She, she hit the nail on the head right there because that's my intention. I wanted, I want you to experience what maximum security is like without me telling you whether that person's bad, whether that person's good, whether that person's innocent, whether they're guilty. It's not my place to. My place was and still is to tell you this is what it was like. Are there um, tropes that you were very careful to avoid? Obviously, 
99% of us are never going to be, well, okay, you worked in a prison. I visited a prison. I had a friend who was in prison. So I, I probably know a little bit more than the average bear about prison, but that's not saying anything really. Are there some tropes you're careful to avoid when you wrote these stories, that stuff that people know from TV and the movies? I, I, I think that was another reason why I stuck to pretty much exactly what I saw. And it, it's important for people to form their own opinions. Once you try and sway someone, once I put my own thoughts and feelings into a situation, it, it tends to sway that reader. And, and I do everything I can to avoid that. So that at the end of that book, you either hate it or you love it. And, and I'm thankful that more people love it because it's something they'll never ever see in their lives. But you get that neutral, you get that neutral experience through those books. And, and that's key for me. As long as I'm, I've read other prison books from other guards and I find that as soon as they start talking the prisoners down or even some of their workmates, I, I find it just loses me. It loses me because I'm reading your your emotions and do you know what if i caught one or two bad reviews because i haven't put my own emotions in there then so be it but but i, I think for me personally my experience is a lot cleaner because because it's raw it's unedited it's it's this is what it is it's reportage to a degree and you fictionalize it obviously but it's reportage is that fair Correct. Correct. I don't even fix not everything is just as I see it. The only difference is I don't tell you where it is. I don't tell you what prison. I don't tell you what countries. And more importantly, I don't use names. So the whole experience is, is it's, it's the brutal truth. You read it, you're there for a day. And, and I've got to tell you, um, one of the, one of, one of my now regular readers is an old um, ex-guard and, and his comments about me just nailing even the atmosphere for him and taking him back to his own role as a, as a prison officer, that, that, was like a, that was like a pat on the back for me. That was like, a, yeah. that was like an acknowledgement from one of my peers. Right. Yeah. Well, is there, uh, but is there, just to probe a little deeper on that, is there, but are there, I, I would assume that prison has, and you will set me straight if I'm wrong, okay, but I would assume prison is one te long stream of tedium punctuated by bursts of things happening going down, or am I completely wrong? Is You know what I'm saying? It's like you go, did you have like a fairly quiet week? Yeah, I might have had mild little things here and there, and then boom, like something happens, or it's every day like jungle. When I went for my initial interview, they, they herded, I think, maybe 100 of us into the visitor center. They sat us down. And, and I still remember to this day, the person got up. He stood in front of us. He looked at us. And he said, no day is ever the same. And he hit it on the head. He really did. Every single day was different. You never know. You never know what you're going to experience. And you got to, what you see on TV and what my experience was, and I can only speak from my experience because before this prison, I had never experienced prison in my life. I had never experienced police. I was just not on that side of the fence. Um, half of my friends said, what the hell are you doing going there in the first place? And, and look where it led me. Um, 
And it's the guy was right. Every single day something happens. You imagine, when you imagine prison, you imagine bars and, and you know, guards walking along the cells. Alex, there's no bars. There's, there's, there's the units down here. Um, and I'll give you one example of one of the units. Um, you walk into the room at the start of your day. You have an officer station in the middle of the room, which is basically just a, a raised desk. So you pretty much walk in the desk on either side with the guards sitting in the middle. And if I can walk into it, prisoners can walk into it. Then at eight o'clock, you get the call from the control room to unlock. You start walking around and we're talking 60, 70 prisoners. You unlock all the cells and they just walk out. It, it's like one big happy family sitting around and, and there's no getting away. So you are on your feet. You are on edge, you could say, for, for 12, 13 hours a day. It's, it's scary. Did anyone, I assume this is a silly question, but I'll ask it anyway. Did anyone in those five years try to actually harm you? Or the, I'm sure they tried to intimidate you, some of them, right? But did anyone actually ever harm you? Uh, didn't harm me directly, but tried to oh. on more than one occasion. And intimidation is all part of the game. It's a game for them. You got to remember, they have 24 hours a day of nothing. So... Yeah. They, they tend to try and play the guards, especially new ones. Yeah, you're the shiny new toy. We can we can wind up a little bit here, right? That's yeah. exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. But it's no prisoner cell block 8 or 13. What was that show from Australia? <laughs> I tried to remember <laughs> from 30 there's years enough, ago. There's, there's, a, there's a few of them. Okay, yeah. Um, I remember that when I was a kid. They had that on here uh, briefly. But um well, and I, I know we don't want to spend the whole time talking about prison, but you you created this this magnificent series. Um, so, I, and I, I want to get to a few of the things you also experienced in prison to talk about some of your newer stuff. But before we do that, okay, what's the deal, man, with this writing thirty one books or whatever in thirty months? What? How do you do this? I assume you you, you drink a lot of coffee or something. I'm just dying, you know, <laughs> just just lay it out for me, man, because here I am a writer struggling to get my eighth book cranked out in 10 or 11, no, 12 years. And you, you're writing them all like just boom. How do you do it? I just, do you know what? A, a lot of my, a lot of my books and a lot of my ideas come from questions, come from what ifs, what ifs, what if this can happen? And, and I know we go back to prison all the time, but I remember my first fictional book um, called The Final Alibi uh, features a serial killer and he was born from me standing in the middle of um, a protection unit watching a serial killer, watching an actual serial killer go about his day. And, and I mean, this guy was prolific in the 70s and 80s. He killed a few people he was a sex um a sex attacker um and i remember watching him thinking what if what if you got out what if you got out and could kill and could come back without anybody knowing would you do it would he do it and i took that and i went okay let's give it a crack and and he was born did you uh, do you ever get in the middle of, of one of these and uh, maybe even 
frighten yourself a little bit with what you've written? Do you ever kind of step back and go, okay, I, okay, again, I know, Simon, you, you're basing this on just asking a question, not observing, but then when you get down into it, it's coming out of you. Do you ever look yourself, look at your work and look in the mirror and go, how the hell did I come up with this? And do I even want to know? <laughs> well, it's, I have a dark side and a light side. That's the way I call it. The very, very first book I ever wrote was was a lovely little story about love and about a couple that go through a little bit of a trauma and and there's a lot of you know hugs and kisses in this book. I haven't released it under this name, so it's irrelevant. But I remember my wife reading it and absolutely loving it. And then I released the final alibi and she said, who the hell is this? Who is this? Who is this guy that wrote this? <laughs> and, and I don't think she's ever quite recovered because it's, it's, it's a brutal book. It's, it's, it's pretty dark. And I mean, I've read Stephen King all my life. So mm. that's probably a very good influence. Um, and I think I've tried to keep up with him to some extent, but I haven't been able to stop since I, I, I don't know what it is, Alex. I just, I just can't stop writing. It's like I'm possessed half it. the time. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, I mean, and here's the thing. I, I thought when I saw that, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling back the curtain for you to, as your, your host here. I thought, well, let me just go see if these books are well received because maybe, you know, no offense. I don't know you, you don't know me, but I, are they, you know, is he just kind of, is his output, you know, fast, but not, not good. Right. No, the, the, <laughs> the reviews are awesome. If you go on Amazon, people love your work. And I don't know, I got to say, I, yeah, I thought about Stephen King because you're so prolific too, but the, to be prolific and get good reviews and make sales is, is all you need to know about Simon, um, about what you're doing. Um, Let's speaking of serial killers, I think we need to talk about somebody who likes to hunt serial killers. I think we need to talk about the Sam Raider thriller series. So just go. What are we looking at here? What's this all about? Well, Samantha, Samantha is she's related to my first book. She's related to the final alibi. It's um the the first three books of that series, the the, the Lawson Chronicles, which feature my serial killer Harry Lightman. Um they're the story about that particular serial killer. And, and although that series ends after three books, I wanted to continue because I could tell there was more to the story. And, and I remember out on my daily walk one day and I thought, why is there no women? Why is there no special women characters, female characters that, that people can look up to? I mean, it's filled with men. You think about it. You've yeah. Alex Cross, you've got, you know, Jack Reacher, you've got, you know, so many male protagonists. Where's the women? Where's the females? Because I tell you what, Alex, when I was in jail, the women, wow, they would kick ass like you wouldn't believe. And, and you know, I, if you think that anybody ever frowned on working beside a beside a woman, not in this place. They 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 made your day. They they saved you half the time. And and I remember thinking, okay, I I need someone that kicks ass. So Samantha was born. Where did her name come from? I needed I needed a strong name that was related to serial killers. And I don't think there's been a stronger one in the last 20 years than Raider. So BTK. That's BTK. that's where the name. That's where the name came from. You know, that 
Wichita is only a couple of couple, two and a half hours from here. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And uh, I, I was in the vicinity, not there, but in the vicinity and he, the terror was real. That guy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, Raider was uh, just stunningly scary. And if you can channel that in your books, that kind of, you know, uh, it's fantastic. And I, 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 I do, I have interviewed several great male authors like yourself who are having the success of their lives writing with female protagonists. And uh, I'm going to ask you what I ask all of them because I am not confident writing female characters in the lead and I should be, um, but I, I, I have a block about it. Did it ever, since you're a man, did you, did you ever have an issue writing from a female perspective or how did you approach writing Samantha Rader? I, you know, I approached her exactly the same as all the others. And, and it's funny. I spoke to one of my author friends just yesterday, um, based in America. So, so, um, he, he's just starting his author journey now, but there's two types of writers in this world, Alex, one's a plotter. And they're the people that have to have the, the post-it notes. They're the ones that have to have the diaries and the notepads. And I've got to know where the hell this story's going. Then you have yeah. me. Okay. Pantsers. Yeah. I will literally, I will get up in the morning. I will sit down and I will start typing. I've got no idea where this story's headed. I have no idea what this, what these characters are going to tell me, but to, to kind of put you into my brain, it's, it's like, it's like, I'm just, I'm the typist. I'm the typist. They tell me where to go. Yeah. So when yeah. Sam got into my mind, she just told me her story and you know what? I'm about to release book four. Um, I've got book five planned for, I think August. So it's coming. It's, you know, they're, they're, they're on their way. Um, yeah. Don't try and force a story. That's all I can say about, about writing. That's probably how I managed to get through what I think this will be book 34, 35. I can't remember. I'm starting to lose track. Yeah. I, I, I imagine you would uh, uh, shoot. I couldn't, I, if I have to stop and think to tell you all my titles and I'm only, and I have less than 10. So, I mean, I don't even know how you do it. No, you know, it's inter- I'm a pantser too. I don't ever sit down with this out. I, I, I do sit down, I think with a, with a theme, I think because for my series, that is, because I know who this guy is, my characters, there's a whole world already. So my thought is only like, okay, we have a vague direction we need to go. Um, where is he going to be? What's what's going to happen? And then I kind of set those wheels in motion. And then I just let them, like you said, I'm a typist. I let them dictate what's going to happen. And it's fun because like you, I sit down and have no idea where we're going. And then I get my thousand, 2000 words. Although it sounds like you get about 10,000 words in, in a day. <laughs> I get up and I, then I leave and, I, and we're in a new place. And then the next day I got somewhere new to go. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. You know, I wrote a scene last night and I had no idea where the, where the person came from. It's like, who's this guy? But, but he ended up being one of the main people of this book that's coming up. So it, it's a fun experience. It's, it's, like, it's almost like I'm the reader. It's like I'm having a journey just like the reader does. And I, yeah. I never know. I have an ending in mind, but that's, that's about as far as it goes. I know the direction. I know the general direction I'm going and that's it. And that's what I love about Sam because because she kicks ass along the way. Well, let me ask you this. I need advice then because I think the, the deal with me on my series, I think it's running out of gas. Do you, do, when do you know your series are running out of gas? And then, and by the way, just for listeners to the show who like my stuff, uh, I mean, and I've got some listeners who are like, 
emailing me or social media, where's the next book, all that stuff. A couple even have my phone number somehow, call me or text me, which is great. It's a compliment. But uh, I think one of the reasons it's harder for me to finish is I just think I'm running out of gas here. I'm on, gonna be on book eight. And that's a pretty good run. What? How do you feel about that? Do you ever get to that point where you're like, okay, I think this world or this part of this world is done? No, no. I, I, I think I leave a lot of openings along the way. I think I, I, do you know, I, okay. So when it came to the final alibi, the final alibi was going to be one book. That that's all it was ever going to be. And then eventually people said no 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 there's got to be more to this and I thought well yes there does because that certain area there I could expand on that and before I knew it book two came out yeah. and because of book two it then led into book three which I couldn't stop it was just the natural progression for that when that right. series ended I knew there was more to the to the story than than I told, so that's where Sam came in. And the beauty, beauty, the good thing with Samantha is, it's very similar to Jack Reacher. So I've used inspiration from some of the other books that I've read. Jack Reacher, all the books are pretty much standalone books. It's just the characters that the, that are the same. So right. I thought Samantha could do that. Sam could stand around two feet throughout books and and visit different i mean there's a there's a hell of a lot of serial killers out there and mm -hmm. and i'm addressing a few of them the big thing about my current one that that's due out uh i think it's due out monday this coming monday and it addresses domestic violence in a pretty big mm -hmm. way and and if you haven't read some of my darker books you've got to prepare yourself because they're pretty confrontational they're pretty full-on there's no Pretty much like my prison days, I'll tell you how it is. If a yeah. person uses a baseball bat to to subdue someone, then that's what you're gonna read. It's it's I don't hold back. I don't I don't apologize for that. It's just how it is. It's reality. It's fair it's fair to say that that, you know, um, if you read the blurb on the back, I would assume there's a bit of a trigger warning for people. I mean, I don't know if you explicitly say that, but uh, I would think looking at the descriptions of the book, I would understand. There's going to be some violence here and, and all that. Um, let's delve into it a little bit, though. I want to know, you know, in Sam Raider's world, okay, what is Pogrom? What is that all about? Pogrom, I knew I had to come up with a name. and I had to come up with a cool name. Come on, let's, let's, let's think about it. But what I wanted to, what I want in the book, I mean, this isn't really a spoiler, but in the book, the person that starts Pogrom has an experience with a serial killer. Um, their child is taken by one, their child is murdered, and the killer is protected, protected by a system. And unfortunately, that's the reality of our world. Um, you know, down here in Australia, if, if a person attacks, even, you know, rapes someone, it seems the victim is gagged and is not allowed to speak. Whereas the perpetrator gets all the airtime. The perpetrator gets protected. And I saw the perpetrators come to prison. So I could see the news at night of what they had done, how they had carried themselves throughout their court case and then seen them at night come back to the prison and brag and laugh and, and hug their mates and, you know, sit around drinking coffee all night and 
that is what it's all about. It's about that person saying enough's enough. Our system's broken. Our system doesn't fix anything. And I want that guy to pay. I want him to pay for what he did to my child. And that's what this is about. It's about, it's about eliminating the system completely. Pogrom in itself means to wipe out a certain group. So um, it gets, it gets used a lot about uh, when you're describing Nazis trying to destroy the Jewish people. So that's where Pogrom came from. And that's what, that's what, Pogrom does in my books. Pogrom is there to destroy serial killers. There's no, there's no hiding behind lawyers. There's no system that's going to protect them. When Samantha knows that you're it, that you're the one, she, she's going to end you. She's going to end you in a pretty nasty way. Yeah, give back a little bit what these guys and gals gave out. I assume. Is it, is it all? Now, I don't want to give the spoilers, but is it all male serial killers? I know most serial killers are male, but there are exceptions. Are there? Do, can you at least hint to me? Will there be females that she's going to track? There is. There is a female coming up, um, and you, you kind of jumped a little bit, but it's, it's <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the one after this one. It's one after Black Death, so Book Five. Book five is going to feature a female serial killer. Well, actually, Black Death, the one currently, that's that's a female serial killer. Huh. Um, so, yeah, you, you got to give equal time here. I mean, come on. Yeah, it, it's funny. I'm so I'm so into these books. Sometimes <laughs> it even eludes me. But no, Black Death in a big way. It's 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 based on a female serial killer and and domestic violence. I think is a good trigger for anybody. And um, yeah, yeah, she kind of gets her own back. You know, uh, and I know you're not a psychologist and, and maybe this is not really anything you're all that interested in, but I just have to know, since you observed up close and personal serial killers, did you ever, I don't know, this, this may sound like a strange question, but I, did you ever look them in the eye and see that uh, kind of, it's, it's kind of a cliche, but did you ever see kind of that black doll's eyes, nothing, nobody home thing in there? Or did you find these folks in typically pretty normal seeming human beings? You know what I mean? If you didn't know, I guess there were serial killers, was there anything in their affect or the way they comported themselves in general that would have made you think that person's a little off, assuming you met them outside of jail? No, no. No, I think that's mostly Hollywood. Yeah, I think that I think that mostly sells books, that kind of stuff. Um, the two that immediately come to mind is the one that I based the final alibi on. Um, mm -hmm. He was he was a self righteous person that liked to run the show. He needed to be in control, so he was a bit of a control freak. Um, and unfortunately, the staff in his unit gave him that power. So, hmm. so he was the one that welcomed all new, all new uh, inmates in, showed them the ropes, and pretty much ran the unit. And I mean, he was in his seventies, or is in his seventies. Oh, yeah. So it's not like the big tough guy image that you see on TV. This guy was, I think he's what five five maybe. He's he's you know skinny, old. So, and he ran the unit and it's not about, it's not about running a unit with fists. It's just about running a unit, taking control. And that's what this guy did. The other one that comes to mind was they um, was a person that shot eight people back in the eighties and he had OCD. 
So he was just annoying because he needed everything in place. You walk into this guy's cell and it is, it is impeccable. It is like everything, even the books from big to small all lined up and everything's straightened away. It was, it was amazing. It was amazing to see that side of things. Not what I expected. Yeah. I, I, I think it's, it's surprising uh, on the level of, I knew a guy in college who actually murdered three people, not well after it was after we were no longer in college together, but he did it within a few months of, uh, of him leaving college. He, and he did it in a particularly gruesome manner, his parents and someone else. And we, but we always knew he was weird. We always knew he was off. He just, uh, American show based on the British show, The Office. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Dwight Schrute character, the goofy guy who's the, he was like Dwight Schrute, but, but, but actually full of menace to a degree. He was just strange in that regard, a little out of step. But then, mm-hmm. so I was not totally surprised this guy, like three months after he left school, had murdered his parents. Uh, so I guess what I'm hearing from you, though, is, that, of course, there's a reason, and he was caught immediately, obviously, but there's a reason why a lot of serial killers can be serial killers just because they're smart enough and they blend in enough to not be the obvious guy. Is, is that kind of what I'm hearing? Exactly. Exactly. They're just a normal person. And that's the thing that, that always surprised me with prison. You, you, you'd see someone before you knew what they did. Yeah. And then, you, and then you find out what they did and you're like, what the hell? Where did you find that? Yeah. It's, 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 yeah. it's, it's a reality check because I'll tell you the scariest thing I ever learned from prison. And, and this is going to blow your readers away and this will make them think. I felt safer in prison than I did out of prison. Ask me why, Alex. I think I know why, but why is that, Simon? Because I knew who they were in prison. When I'm standing <laughs> at the supermarket, when I'm standing at any store, I have no idea who the person behind me in line is. I've got no idea. Yeah. In prison, I knew, I knew to watch my back because I knew what that person was capable of. When I'm walking down the street, I've got no idea. Road rage. I shudder every time. Every time my wife tells me that she beeped someone out on the road, I shudder because mm-hmm. you do not know who's in that other car. Yeah, in the United States, obviously, it's. Uh, I think it's heightened because the you know we live in an armed camp. <laughs> you never know. I yeah, I've just learned at a, at a very youngish age to not, as we say, flip the bird to anybody. Uh, you just you move on. If you lose your temper on the road, you you could be asking for. The they will follow. You you. They will follow you home. Some of these, some of these people, they are that psycho. Yeah, it's it's insane. And I, you know, it's what I don't know what it is about. Well, we could go for hours on that. What it is about society and and what way things are now that make people that way. But a lot of it could very well be opportunity too, vehicles, and weapons, and and mm. uh, just there's just you've got so many people obviously who have have a beef against society, and you have some people I think who are just got a genetic mean streak in them i don't know but uh uh, the important thing is you know very well how to write about these people and you know very well how to obviously uh keep readers turning the pages 30 plus books in 30 months it's incredible now we didn't mention real quickly just before we go i know we got to run out of time here um but the lawson chronicles now we talked about the prison day series and we talked about sam raider so is in between is that the lawson chronicles correct so lawson chronicles are my first fictional books that's where the story starts. That's where, that's where Harry Lightman makes his first appearance and uh, puts his hand up and says, hey, 
here I am. And it's it's pretty brutal. That one, that one I wasn't sure whether to release because of its brutality. And mm. it's strange because I received so many emails and so many messages from readers saying, wow, it was it was exactly what they were craving for. And and I remember I remember releasing one of those books and a reader actually emailed me back saying it wasn't brutal enough. They needed more. So I kind of went in and did some editing and, and why not? I mean, if it, I mean, the way I said, Alex is you're picking up a book about serial killers. Ex yeah. Expect violence. I mean, that's what it's about. Yeah. I, uh, uh, yeah, I, I think people, yeah, or you, you make it very clear. I mean, you look at the cover, you, you, you got a good idea what's going to happen here. Yeah, I think that's a great point because um, everybody needs to take responsibility for what they're reading. Um, and, uh, but it's it's evident you do it very well. I, I read one of your reviews where the author gave you, he didn't give you five stars, but he says, because he, he got into it and realized that it just wasn't his thing. He said you were a great writer and all that, but he just realized it wasn't for him because I think it's because you pull no punches. You were very, you're very there. And you, and you, uh, you know, I, one thing I, and I'm not knocking it or anything, but uh, I think that the Thomas Harris stuff got really cartoony with the movies, with the, with the, with Hannibal Lecter. I just think it became very cartoonish. Yes. And uh, I, did you, do you feel the same? I, about those movies? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Books much better. Um, I think I think a little. I think more atmosphere. I think atmosphere is what makes it. Um, yeah, uh, uh, and that's what I love about these books. You, you, you have so many doorways that you can walk through. You gotta you gotta think a little bit less Hollywood. Think a little bit more real, and and people will respect you for that. I think people will respect you for for not trying to jazz it up. Don't don't write what you're not. Write what you are. Right. So yeah. if you and, know and something, you know, use it. Yeah, and 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 I and I and uh, it's a lesson I learned for myself too. Is you know, I have dear friends who've picked up a couple of my books, and I, I know they didn't finish them. And I, I, it used to hurt my feelings a little. And then I realized it's not for everybody. What you do is not for everybody. Books are a very intimate, personal thing because you, when you're reading a book, you are ingesting on a psychic level all the stuff in that book, and and maybe it's just maybe it bores them, or maybe it's like you you're talking about here. It's it's to it triggers something, or it's scary, or they just find it you know, mentally something they can't wash off and they don't want to be involved in it. They don't want to be immersed in it. Um, uh, it's like, I, I, I turned off the la just the film version of the, the last, uh, I guess it was a Hannibal. I don't know. The one with Ray Liotta and he's tied to the chair with the brain thing. Oh, yes, I yes, was, yes. Yeah, I, I was out. I, I watched, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm checked out. I, it's fine. If you're into that, that's great. For me, it didn't work. Maybe that could happen. I don't know. I doubt it. But, uh, but I'm that way. But uh, what what and what I liked though, just referencing the movies a little bit, is like was you know you you mentioned you like Stephen King is that you know he says he doesn't really get worked up if the movies don't translate well. He says you know what, a bad movie based on my book doesn't change my book. Correct. That's very you know. correct. That's very true. That's it's which is why I, I would sell my rights to Hollywood in a hot New York <laughs> minute. <laughs> exactly. I like the we, way you we, think. Dude, we had a, I had a guest on this show not two or three months ago, just talking about his book. First book, oh, this guy in Britain, Great Britain, optioned by Hollywood a couple of months wow. after. Could happen to you, my friend. You've got a lot yeah. out there. You never know. Um, one day, one but, day. I do, get, I do get the messages saying, why can I not find this on Netflix? So please, any, if Netflix is watching or listening, please help yourself. 
this is the great news for 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 uh, particularly good prolific writers like yourself is that there are so many platforms out there now that are producing like Netflix or there's so many little things that are producing stuff. It bummed me out that um, uh, the Mr. Mercedes series, which I think is very good kind of got picked up by kind of a real obscure network. So not a lot of people saw it. And I think now it's finally migrating. I don't know if it's HBO or Netflix is going to get it, but I don't know if you saw any of that, but I thought Brendan Gleeson was magnificent in it. Yeah, that was, that was really good. One of my favorites, one of my favorites. Yeah. I read the book well, so and, and I actually read the books on audible. Wow. There's an experience. Now who read, do you remember who read those? Who read, read um, do you know who the reader is? Uh, I'm going to tell you in about two seconds. Super. And while he's looking, I, I will tell you folks while he's looking that you can go to booksbysimonking.com and it's a great website. It's very comprehensive. You're going to find everything about it. And before we go, Simon's going to tell you about a free offer he's going to have for you if you go to booksbysimonking.com. Well, did you find it? I did. Will Patton. Will Patton. Wow. And he even won awards for it multiple like awards yeah he's a great he's, actor he's very been around for a long face. long time yeah he did he does some he does kind of weird faded people really well uh he did in the mothman prophecies god so many years ago he he, he did he was so great there but i've seen him in a million things i think he's one of those faces too if you see him you go oh yeah i know that guy yeah correct um, correct one, yeah I'm going to have to get that then. All right. As I was mentioning to everybody, as we're winding down here, sadly, uh, uh, we're not going to get much more parole here, Simon. We're going to have to move on. But uh, um, <laughs> at booksbysimonking.com, what happens? What's the offer there? Besides the fact you get to learn about uh, all the books, but you can also look at a book trailer or two, but you can also get a special deal from you. Correct. Correct. Sign up uh, to my to my subscriber list and you can get three books for free, including The Final Alibi. Well, folks, what you're hearing right now is me clicking on that. And I will, actually, this is this is what I love. You can just, I love that my, my computer fills this out for me. I've never done this live on the show. Here we go, send my free books, submit. Now I've got the newsletter and I just got a nice thing saying success, grab the set, I'm gonna get it, it's great. I'm gonna put it on my uh, Kindle and start reading it. Simon, any last words before we uh, send you off? I guess I'll give you a little prompt here. Uh, I told you I want to visit your fair uh, continent someday. Are you any chance you're going to come to the states? I have. I have the states penciled in November of next year. It'll be my first trip there, and coronavirus gone by that time. Fingers crossed. I hope I get to see your beautiful country because I tell you what, I've grown up watching it through the television and I'm just itching. I'm just itching to see it firsthand. I'm just itching to, to read the books you write once you visit here. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Well, I do. A lot of them are based in America, but unfortunately it's, it's just what I've seen through TV, through the internet. I, I think, I think I'll add a certain flavor once I see it for myself because because you guys just like Australia you have a, a a a lot of variations between your states. Yeah. Yeah. And and that and that's yeah. something I love. That's something that appeals to me. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think Australians and Americans have kind of a similar mindset to a degree just based on the, the origins of our nations. You know, we we both are largely sprung from Great Britain 
in different ways and immigrated here and then just kind of created our own society. It's, 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 it's just fascinates me. I've always thought that there was an unspoken kinmanship between us. I, uh, but again, I want to visit your your country to to see that for myself and see if there is definitely that vibe there. So, definitely. Well, you make sure you you let me know when you're here. I'll show you a yep. few places. You you know I will. And of course, I don't know if you're going to pass through. If you're going to pass through the very middle of the country by any chance, which I you know it's a pretty big country just like yours. But if you do, you get a hold of me, man. We'll we'll hook you up. Um, Simon King. Uh, Sam Raider thriller series. You've got the, the prison series, all these wonderful things. I We are so excited uh, to have you here on the show. Be sure, folks, you go to booksbysimonking.com. There'll be a link in the show notes and uh, delve into this man's work. And maybe, maybe, just maybe, if all our listeners buy some of his work, he'll maybe take a week off. <laughs> I like it. I like it. <laughs> Thanks, Simon. I really appreciate having you on the show. Thank you very much, Alex. Appreciate it. Hey, this is Gently. I'm the host of the Reading With Your Kids podcast, and you are listening to the Mysterious Goings On podcast. Thanks so much for listening to Mysterious Goings On. Don't forget, we have a complete archive of all of our interviews, monologues, updates, live readings, dead readings, all of that stuff is available at mgopod.com. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to us so you never miss an episode. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all the usual suspects. Please join us there. Again, don't forget, mgopod.com also has links where to find me on social media and how to get in touch in case you want to be a guest here on the show. Well, I think it's time that I move on for this week, but until next time, keep reading. Been there, done that, got the t-shirt, huh? Not quite Mysterious Goings On, listeners. You probably haven't got the brand new Mysterious Goings On official t-shirt. This is a quality, quality cotton t-shirt coming in a premium unisex tee version and a women's slim fit tee version in all the sizes you could possibly need. These are great quality shirts coming in a variety of colors, including dark heather gray, black, charcoal, maroon, and the women's t-shirt, we come in dark heather gray, black, charcoal, indigo, and midnight navy. There you go. Check them out. They are in the show notes. The link is right there. They're being sold on Bonfire. Uh, They're typically sold in batches, and they'll come at you pretty quickly. All the instructions are on the website. The link is in the show notes here or at mgopod.com. Again, Show the world, well, at least show the world on Zoom or show the world (laughs) when we can finally really get out and about. Show the world that you have some mysterious goings-ons of your own by wearing our t-shirt and help support this show. Thank you so much.